Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. We live in a world where we are bombarded by images. Advertisers and marketers strive to capture your attention even for just half a second. Using eye-catching pictures and illustrations, memorable titles and phrases desiring to describe a product or a movie or a book at a glance in the hopes of drawing you in. Now, when Mark wrote, he did not have the luxury of any of these. So he used the first line. The first line tells you what this book is all about. The first line summarizes what you are about to read in a nutshell. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is gospel. The gospel. And what is gospel? Gospel is good news. Gospel means good news. Glad tidings. Mark wants you to know that above all, what you're about to read, what you are about to hear is good news. Glad tidings. Now think of the times in your life when you experienced good news. Times in your life when you received glad tidings. News that refreshed your heart. Tidings that uplifted your soul. Didn't you want to sing? Didn't you want to dance? Didn't you want to shout it from the mountaintops? Even if your personality or your understanding of social etiquette prevented you from doing so, maybe you thought about singing, you thought about shouting, you, you thought about dancing. Good news. For example, the job that you needed really came through. You got into the school that you wanted. Your grandchild was born. You made that grade. You won. Retirement has arrived. Well, for me, it was getting engaged to Sarah. It was the birth of all of our children. It was celebrating our twins' first birthday that we made it. After worship today, we're having a reception for the Cheatwoods. We're, we're celebrating the glad tidings that in just a few weeks, they will be moving, that God is blessing Scott and Allie with the seminary degree, that God is blessing them with a call to ministry in Monroe, Louisiana. Good news. Now we're going to miss them. They've been a blessing to us. But it's glad tidings because of what God is doing for his kingdom, what he's doing for his church, what he's doing for this family. Now, those are just a few examples of the good news you can experience of, of glad tidings that refreshes your heart. I hope you are thinking of events or occasions that have happened to you in your life that have made you want to sing and dance and, and shout it from the mountaintops or, or at least think about it. Now, Mark's day, this word gospel had very specific connotations. Originally, 
It was used to announce victory, to proclaim the good news of triumph following a battle. In other words, gospel meant the glad tidings of military victory. Now, one example in the scriptures is from the Old Testament from the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 31. And in this this passage, the Philistines had been at war with God's people. The Philistines had won a great victory in battle. And not only did they conquer God's people, they also killed King Saul, first king of Israel, and his son Jonathan. Listen to verse 9 from 1 Samuel 31. After the battle day, the Philistines sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news, gospel, to the house of their idols and to the people. The good news of victory. That's what the Philistines were proclaiming in their land. The glad tidings of victory, the the gospel of victory. In time, God's people use gospel to refer to the victory that God would bring for his people. No longer did they use it to, to refer to victory in battle, but to God's victory, the glad tidings of what God himself would accomplish. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 40 is a perfect example. Listen, listen again to verse 9 through 11. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news, gospel, Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news, gospel. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Here, the gospel is that God is coming with might. The glad tidings are that God will shepherd his people. The gospel is that God will gather his lambs, that God himself will lead his people and protect his people. Now, this is what God's people, Jews, knew when they heard gospel. Now, if you were a non-Jew, if you were a Gentile, and you lived in the Roman Empire, gospel had entirely different connotations. The word gospel was related to the cult of the emperor, as in the state-sponsored worship of the emperor. Now, remember, at the time of Jesus, Rome was an empire. And an empire is governed by one person, the emperor. And often this one person, the the emperor who personifies the state, who personifies the nation, who personifies all the power and the glory of it, is worshipped as a god. And that was true in Rome. Temples were made for the emperor. Sacrifices were offered to the emperor. Gospel was a word used in the religious cult of the emperor. Gospel was the birthday of the emperor. Gospel was the birth of the heir of the current emperor. Gospel was when the new emperor took the throne. It was good news. Glad tidings for Rome. 
So when Mark writes the beginning of the gospel, all of this is in the air. All of this is in the culture, in the thought of Jew and Gentile. Gospel is that God will come with might and shepherd his people. Gospel is about the emperor who is a God. And Mark throws a wrench in all of this. Mark confounds Jew and Gentile alike by writing the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark says, the good news is about Jesus. The glad tidings are about Jesus. Gospel is about Jesus. It's not about victory on a battlefield. It's not about the emperor. It's not about God, at least in the way they thought it was about God. Mark takes all of these notions of gospel and he shakes them up and he pours them out and he says, it's really about a man, a man named Jesus. Now the name Jesus is significant. It was a common name among Jews. Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. Just like Juan in Spanish is John in English, Jesus is Joshua. Now, in the Old Testament, Joshua led God's people after Moses died. Joshua led God's people across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Joshua marched God's people around the city of Jericho. Joshua led God's people in battle and defeated enemy after enemy after enemy. Joshua was faithful unto the Lord. And the name means God saves. God saves or God is salvation. And in this book, in his book, Mark will show that God saves through Jesus. God brings victory through Jesus. God defeats his enemies through Jesus. God shows forth his might through Jesus, but not might as in armies and battles, not might as in swords and shields and chariots, but might as in love. Power as in love. Sacrificial, selfless, steadfast love. Love that would suffer. Love that would endure death. Love displayed on the cross. Love that would overcome and conquer enemies. Enemies not of flesh and blood, but powers that seek to swallow you up. Sin and death and the evil one. This Joshua has conquered. Jesus is victorious. And Mark is announcing the gospel of his victory, the victory of the Christ, the Messiah. Now that's what Christ means, Messiah. And Messiah in Hebrew means anointed one. Christ means anointed one. In the Old Testament, prophets, priests, and kings were anointed with oil. Prophets, priests, and kings had oil poured over their head. This set them apart for their office, set them apart for their calling by God. It symbolized God's spirit poured out on them. Now, over time, God's people expected the Lord to send them a Messiah. They waited for God to send them a Christ. And passages from the prophets like, like Jeremiah 23.5, Jeremiah 23.5 promises this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. 
God's people expected a Christ who would rule over them righteously and wisely, a Christ who would bring justice and, and righteousness. And Mark announces the gospel that he's here. He's come. He's Jesus. But he's not a king like the emperor. Because Jesus' kingdom has no geographic boundaries, no armies, no diplomats, no bureaucrats. His kingdom has no pomp or circumstance, no guild or splendor, because his crown was of thorns. His throne was a cross. And his rule covers all of creation over all of time, past, present, and future. Because this Christ is not just a man, he is that. Jesus is a man, but he's also the very son of God. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. The eternal son of the eternal father, equal to the father, equal to the spirit. That's the triune God, father, son, and Holy Spirit. And each is 100% God, and 100% of God is in each. They're distinct, they're separate, they're different. The Father created. The Son took on flesh. The Spirit transforms your heart, yet they're one, one God, one substance. Mark proclaims the good news that God himself has come to shepherd his people in his Son, in Jesus God himself has come to gather his lambs in his son, in Jesus. God himself has come to conquer his enemies in his son, in Jesus. God himself has come to bring salvation in his son, in Jesus. God himself has come to reveal his love for you in his son, in Jesus gospel. Good news. Glad tidings. And Mark writes this for you. He writes it to you. He wants you to hear the gospel. He wants your heart to be refreshed. He wants your soul uplifted. He wants you to know about Jesus, the Savior, because that's what gospel is now. Gospel is now the story about Jesus. The story about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Good news. And this is the beginning. The beginning of. It's the beginning of our study. It's the beginning of the gospel, the story about Jesus. It's the beginning of Mark's book. But Mark's book is also a beginning Mark's book ends with what we celebrated last week, Easter. Mark's book ends with the empty tomb. It ends with the resurrection. But that's not the end of the story. It's the end of his book, but it's not the end of the story. It was only the beginning. This gospel has been told again and again and again, year after year after year, down through the centuries. And people just like you and me have gathered together week after week after week all around the world to hear the gospel over and over again. And people just like you and people like me have come to believe. 
have come to faith, have received victory and salvation over enemies, have rejoiced, have wanted to sing and dance and shout from the mountaintops, or at least thought about it. People just like you and me have been transformed by this good news, held firm to this good news, have shared this good news, and have never been the same. I hope and pray that's you. This is good news. This is glad tidings. This is Jesus. The first line tells you what it's all about. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 